Hi, this is Annie Fox with Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is Deborah C. Owen. Debbie is a best-selling author, an expert parent and life coach, and a national board certified teacher. Her latest book, Social Media Fascination, helps adults teach kids how to use social media with a purpose. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to Family Confidential. Hi, Annie. Nice to be here today. Well, it's my pleasure to have you here today. You know, um, you talk about cyber safety for kids a lot and raising kids in the digital age and the very unique parenting challenges that come with that. Sure. It wasn't in our parents' playbook, so (laughs) I'd love to just get right to it. And um, what would you say is the most important thing parents can teach kids about um, using social media? Well, I think the most important thing is for kids to understand that uh, whatever they put out there is available for anybody to see, even if they think it's not. And we tell kids that and they still don't get it. So we, I, think, <laughs> I think we just have to keep telling them until they're old enough to really um, uh, take it in and understand it for themselves. But that is the most important thing. And uh, the other thing that I would say that goes along with that is Whenever we're talking to somebody, whether it's online or face-to-face, we still need to have the same basic character attributes that we would want to have, whether that's kindness, compassion, thoughtfulness, whatever it might be. And if we can teach kids that it doesn't matter whether they're online or face-to-face, they need to treat people uh, with respect. And so that's the other piece of it. Well, that's that's huge. Um, I know that the disconnect for kids... uh, between um, what they put out there and lasting forever. Kids' minds don't go in the forever mode. It's all kind of in the moment. But your second piece is so important. I'm I'm a great um, advocate of this idea that it's not about the technology. It's really about character, and it's about the way we treat people online and off. How do you get that message across to kids? It's, It's so challenging, especially when they can take a look at any listing of comments after any post anywhere and see the piling on and the nastiness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And here's our little voice in the wilderness saying, no, you should treat people with respect, but all the modeling they're seeing in the milieu of social media is just the opposite. That's true. That's true. Adults aren't aren't playing very well in that sandbox, are we? (laughs) (laughs) No, they're not. No, no. Um, and I guess perhaps one thing we can do is is make analogies. You know, you talk to kids about if they're going to a, a, a baseball game and the people who are at the game, you, you, you're over there with your kid and you say, well, who's treating people nicely and who's not treating people nicely? And you, and you recognize the fact that not everybody's nice. And mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things that we say, well, I don't want you to be, grow up to be like that person over there. I want you to grow up and be like that person over there. Why would that person be happier in life and kind of talk through that. Ooh, you know, that's you know? a good one. Yeah. Why would that person be happier? Uh, if they're kind and, and careful and, and respectful of other, other people, what do they get out of that? Not that you do it to get something out of it, but what, what is the blowback? You know, what, whereas what's the blowback for somebody who's not very nice? What kind of a life are they going to be living? Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a sure. minute because um, I, I might be the kid who would say, why are they why are they being mean? Because there's, you know, I'm, I'm of the school of thinking that people repeat behaviors that pay off for them. True. 
And well, we say, we can look and say, oh, that person's being nasty. You know, down the road, they're not going to be very happy in life. And the kid might be thinking, I know the nastiest kids in my school are the most popular. You know, that's a good point. And um, that goes back to just a lot of the anti-bullying things that we're trying to teach kids. And there are different ways of, of teaching anti-bullying. And um, I haven't really decided which method I think is the most effective yet because, uh, well, for one, there's the, the, the way you teach kids, which is you just tell the person that they're not being nice to you and it doesn't feel good and all that other stuff. And honestly, my kids told me, Mom, that stuff does not work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, then there's the other aspect that is coming from um, Izzy Kalman and a couple of his protégés, which is where you basically agree with the bullier and you say, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm not very cool like you are. You're much cooler than I am. And when you completely disarm the bully like that, um, and I've seen videos of this happening. I haven't actually seen it happen in practice myself, but I've seen the videos that they have about this. The bully is really taken aback. And, and if, if you're not confronting somebody who's upset, it's hard to stay upset. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, <laughs> so, I could see that might work a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to decide. Um, there are different ways of teaching kids to handle bullying. And so, um, you know, going back to your question where the kid says, you know, it's the bullies who were the most popular. Um you know, that just goes back to we've got to we've got to teach them to treat people with respect because it's not the bullies who are who are most successful later in life. And maybe that goes into having them read biographies of great people and, and things of that sort. I know when I was working as a school librarian, I would do biography biography projects with some of the English teachers and the kids would often want to read biographies of, you know, great um great thieves or, or people who were in the mafia and stuff like that. And I strongly encourage the teachers, at least to, for this project, let's have the kids read books or biographies about people who have made a positive influence on their society. And because if we don't take that opportunity to teach them in every little chance that we can, you know, they get enough of the mafia guys and the media, you know. If they want to read about it, they can do that on their own time. <laughs> it's really interesting. So how did you get into this work? Um, it, it's something that fascinates me, and I've yeah. been involved in it for um, almost two decades now. But yeah. I'm, I'm always curious when someone chooses to work in this realm with yeah. kids around character online and off, as you probably did for right. many years as a school librarian. Right. Um, how, how did you make that transition into this um, cyber realm, and how, how did this become a passion of yours? Well, it's, it's a good question to ask. I spent a long time as a school library teacher. In fact, I got national board certification, and um, I, I did get frustrated, though, because I felt like I didn't have enough of an impact on kids. Mm-hmm. I would see I, um, the, the latter part of my career, I was pretty much all at the high school level, um, although I actually worked at all three, elementary, middle, and high school. And I I saw a lot of those high school kids really struggling, not just academically, yes, academically, but not just academically. Also, they were struggling with themselves, with their mm-hmm. peers, with their teachers, with the adults, you know, their parents and the other adults in their lives. And I really wanted to have more of an impact on these kids. And um, when I saw, you know, Honestly, let's face it, there, suicide is, is a real issue, and, and eating disorders and anxiety disorders, they're real issues for teenagers, and whether it's middle school or high school. 
And um, I wanted to have more of an impact, so I started taking courses in um, coaching certification and um, understanding how kids think. And I, I, I can't. You can see the bookcase behind me right now. I, that's only part of the books that I've read about kids and and um, uh, at development, uh, child development. And so that's that's how I got into it. Is I I wanted to get outside of the, the 1,500 kids or so that were in my school and be able to have a bigger impact. So you're in private practice now? Yes. And um, typically, how does somebody, um, well, what kind of, what's, what's your, uh, the profile of a parent who seeks your help? Well, I'm working with um, a number of parents right now. And sometimes they're single parents who are really struggling to um, help their kids deal with changes in their, uh, in their home lives, you know, like mm-hmm. this one, this one mom I'm working with, she has two teenage kids and, and, um, they were divorced, probably officially divorced about six or eight months ago. And, but they had to move. And so the, the kids are just like, they're, they're kind of like, wow, my whole world is upside down. And, yeah. and, and so the mom is really trying to reconnect with her kids. Um, I've got a couple of other couples where, um, I'm, wor- I'm working with both of the parents, uh, together as much as possible. It's not always possible but on phone or on Skype or something like that. And, um, you know, for instance, that one couple I was, I was speaking with earlier, they've got two kids who are really early elementary school and, um, some other parents who've got kids in elementary and middle school. And, um, you know, the idea is I just empower the parents with strategies and tools and, and, um, help them be able to connect better with their kids in order to help their kids not, not be so almost volcanic, you know, and disruptive and, and um, feel like they have something that they can count on because if they can count on their parents, they can go to school and be strong. Wow. And then I'm just thinking about that word connect. Mm-hmm. It's so important. I mean, when, when kids feel isolated for whatever reason, their parents are going through some difficulties or, um, you know, the family has moved for whatever reason, that feeling of connection is so important because if kids don't feel it at home, that's when they're most likely to turn to social media for connections, as many of us do. And yeah. if what they find on social media is less than welcoming and less than positive, um, they still might stay there because it's better than feeling really isolated upstairs in my room alone. Mm. And so um, I, I think that what you're saying about strategizing with parents to help them um, connect and reconnect mm-hmm. with their kids, especially as they move through the adolescent years, is so important because I, I almost think that parents are um, the anti-bullying drug in a way. Yes, yes. That they can, they can like really that. fortify their kids in so many ways. And as you just said, um, if you feel like you are connected with your parents, then you can feel very strong and more confident in in your dealings with your peers. Yes, absolutely. And, and, um, I want to expand on that a little bit, that idea of connection be, and also being significant because those are two of the six human needs that, um, Tony Robbins talks about. And that's a lot of my coach background, coaching background is from, uh, the Tony Robbins model. And the, I'll very briefly go over them. The first one is safety and security. We all need to know that we have something that's, that grounds us that we can count on and hold on to. And then kind of, a polarity from that would be variety and adventure. And so there's this kind of push me, pull you between Mm. safety and security and variety and adventure. Now, 
if you know a little bit of brain science, you know that the brain craves novelty. So if you have too much safety and security, eventually you're going to be reaching out for something that's novel and new and interesting. But at the same time, if you have too much of that in your life, you're craving something that you can hold on to. So that's, that's really interesting. I also yeah. know about brain development in adolescence is that, that they, they um, seek high risk behavior because they're looking for uh, adventure. Novelty. Yes, exactly. And, okay. and we certainly have made it very easy for them to um, delve into all kinds of adventurous worlds without even having to leave their room without just by, yeah, just by going online. So the next two uh, needs are directly what you were talking about. One is the connection and community and feeling like feeling loved and, and, you know, but the opposite of that is uh, significance and respect. And that's mm-hmm. where I see the online world really has a huge impact because the problem with having too much respect and significance is that you're standing all by yourself. So that's when a kid is a lone wolf they're standing all by themselves and they're craving that community and that connection. And yet if you're connected overly much, then you're not standing by yourself when you need to. Yeah. Oh, that's so so interesting. Push me, pull you also. It's really hard being them, isn't it? I mean, this is, this is a unique phase of life. We've all been through it, but I, I feel like the way it's playing out for 21st century kids is different in that they don't have that opportunity to um, go off on their own with their own thoughts as much. You know, um, I was just following a a hashtag, um, kids today will never know was the hashtag. Okay. And, and, and people were kind of contributing to that, that thread about um, the difference between childhood a, a generation ago or two generations ago and now and the idea that came to me is kids will never today will never know um that sense of being alone with one's thoughts mm-hmm. um you know leaving school and walking home and and just kind of um debriefing from the day and yeah. processing things and playing things over in your mind without being interrupted by text messages from the people that you maybe need some distance from. That's very true. Of course, we could say the same thing about adults too, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah, we could. For um, you know, it it it's uh, that that connection. I think that that is why we are so drawn to social media. Is that we are social beings, and yet the balance. It's the balance. <laughs> it's the balance. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what's really hard about it. It is. And I don't think that anyone has a silver bullet, but I really like a lot of what you're saying in terms of helping parents recognize that um, when they reconnect with their kids, um, they are going to be fortifying them in many ways. Well, and here's the the biggest takeaway I hope parents get from this conversation is is connection. And the best way to do it is to make sure you spend anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes every single day with each of your children. And I know parents with maybe five or six kids, okay, maybe every other day. But um, if, if you've got two, one, two, or three kids, every single day, spend 10 to 20 minutes, put the time aside, make it happen, totally focus on your kid, totally connect with your kid. And if you provide that connection that they are craving, they're less likely to get themselves into trouble online. So, I like it. That, that's that's a great tip, and it doesn't seem like that much time, especially yeah. when 
it's win-win for both parent and child. Absolutely, absolutely. And the other part of that, though, is no judging, no giving advice, no interrupting, and no interpreting. It's just all about the kid. And so we're not going to be talking about homework nope. during that time? No. Nope. Good. <laughs> it's all about whatever the kid wants to do. You put Both of you put your media devices away and just totally be present with your child during those 10 to 20 minutes a day. And that makes a huge difference. So that, you know, here we are talking about kids online. And I'm saying that the best thing you can do for kids online is to spend time with them offline. (laughs) I know. I hear you. I totally hear you. Because I think when you do that, then then kids get a sense of what a real connection is about. Mm -hmm. And then they raise the bar in their own mind for a standard of friendship and connection Mm -hmm. and respect. Whether they're online or offline. Yeah. They're not as willing to take bogus connections or, or fake friends because um, they know what it feels like to be really connected. That's, That's beautiful. That's I love right. it. Yeah. Well, Debbie, this is really good. I didn't know where this conversation was going, <laughs> but I love where it went. Um, we have just about one minute left. And if you could tell our viewers and listeners where they can find out more about your work. Yeah, absolutely. My website is youcanraisegreatkids.com. And um, I've got some stuff there. I've got a, um, if you would like to join my list, I'll send you a uh, a, a program about my five-step process for raising great parents. It's called the Five A Plus Steps for Stressed Out Parents. And um, I also have a book called Social Media Fascination, and you can get that at Amazon or online. That comes in Kindle as well, and it's about teaching kids to use social media well. I have a six C model about care and service, connecting, communicating, collaborating, creating, and curating librarian and me still has to throw in the curating and uh, <laughs> important. <laughs> it is important for information that's online because yes. no one's curating it for us right good so uh yeah that's how people can find me and uh the last thing is i have a, a podcast called mighty married moms and uh welcome to have you listen to that as well thank you so much for the work that you do i really appreciate it thanks for having me annie this was great this is annie fox for family confidential To learn more about my work with parents, tweens, and teens, visit AnnieFox.com. And check out my parenting book, Teaching Kids to Be Good People, Progressive Parenting for the 21st Century. And my latest book for 8- to 12-year-old girls, the girls' Q&A book on friendship, 50 Ways to Fix a Friendship Without the Drama. And if you like this podcast, we ask that you review it on iTunes. It may be a little thing to you, but it means an awful lot to us. Family Confidential Podcast is produced by Electric Egg Plant, creators of books and apps for parents, kids, tweens, and teens. And tune in next time when my guest will be Joel Baum. Joel is the Senior Director of Professional Development and Family Services for Gender Spectrum. Gender Spectrum is a San Francisco Bay Area-based organization that helps to create gender-sensitive and inclusive environments for all children and teens. Until next time, happy parenting.